Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Hello, Eat More Barbecue family. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 156 of Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast. I have said it numerous times on this podcast, and I truly do believe it, that the beef we produce here in Alberta is just as good or better than the beef produced anywhere else in the world. And I'm very excited to bring you this week's guest, the chair of Alberta Beef Producers, Melanie Woke. I've been wanting to have someone on from Alberta Beef on the podcast uh, pretty much since I started doing the show, and it was great to finally make it work. And I really enjoyed my conversation with Melanie. Also, it is the fourth week of the month, so stay tuned after my chat with Melanie for Ryan's Soapbox, where I get a few things off my chest. Have you checked out After the Cook live on YouTube every Tuesday and also in podcast form on all your favorite podcatchers? Eat More Barbecue Digital Media is pleased to be helping with production of the podcast version of the show. To find out how Eat More Barbecue Digital Media can help you with consulting, recording, voice work, or full production, email us at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. That music you're hearing in the background is one of two new original compositions by my friend Alan Horbin, who has graciously provided all of the music you hear on this podcast. Check him out on YouTube. That's Alan with one L. Horabin, H-O-R-A-B-I-N. He's a great guy and a very talented musician, and I appreciate his support of the show. This portion of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or business. If you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out the terms before leaving. If you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You, as the consumer, have the choice of who you pay your bills to. Why not choose your friendly local utilities provider? Learn more at parkpower.ca. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast, and I've been saying it uh, pretty much for three years since I started this podcast that Alberta has just as good of beef as anyone in the world, and uh, we've got that going for us. And as far as the barbecue culture going, we're just a little behind in timing, and I'm really excited. Uh, speaking of Alberta beef, to introduce and have on the show tonight, Melanie Woke, uh, the chair of the Alberta Beef Producers. Uh, via Zoom, Melanie, welcome. Uh, how are you doing this evening? Great, Ryan. Thanks very much for having us. That's great. I appreciate it. It's uh, kind of been something uh, been wanting to get somebody from Alberta Beef on for a while, and uh, really happy we were able to get this uh, make this happen here tonight. So, kind of before we get into uh, what Alberta Beef is all about, just a little background info about yourself. Uh, Sure. So we uh, run a commercial cow-calf herd. My children, who are, well, they're adults now, but they have both come back to the ranch. Nice. They are fifth generation Wow. here. I am first generation here. I married in. All right. <laughs> so that's my only contribution there. Yep. Um, 
I ran a veterinary, mobile veterinary practice for 20 years in this area. Um, And that's how I met my husband was between my third and fourth year of veterinary school. And that is how I ended up here because I grew up in Calgary. You grew up in Calgary. Okay. And uh, born in Montreal was the info I was sent uh, from Caitlin there. So. Yeah, I was born there. We moved when I was in grade three. My dad always loved the Western lifestyle and uh, just had an opportunity to move out West, like they like to say. And uh, my mother agreed and, and yeah, we moved out when I was eight. So it was, it was a big deal. It's it's all our family was back there and um, friends and, but uh, it was, it was a turned out to be a good move. Absolutely. And where did you do your uh, veterinary school? I went to school in Saskatoon. Okay, yep. Uh, excellent program there from what I understand. And Well, back then it was the only place you could apply when okay. you were in Canada. Okay, so well. I didn't have much choice. Yeah, <laughs> <But> default. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, uh, it is, it, it still, I believe, remains a great program. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fourth-year students that came through on their fourth-year rotations when I was in practice. Right. And uh, I feel that they do do a good job in, in preparing young veterinarians to get out to the field. Yeah. Yeah, we have a family friend, their daughter's uh, in the program there at U of S right now. So. Yeah, well, we need them and we need them to come back to rural Alberta. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, she's planning on going further west, I think. But uh, maybe maybe we can entice her to stick around here. So. Hopefully. Yeah. So what does... You need it. You, I'll just Go, say one yeah, thing. You need, you need her to marry somebody that lives in the middle of nowhere, and that's how that got me where I am. <laughs> that's okay. That's the key. That's the key, is it? It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you when you think you've gone too far, keep going. And uh... yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Melanie, what does barbecue mean to you? Barbecue means summertime. It means having people over. It means showing off our product that that you know we've produced on this land mm-hmm. and. It just, you know, if I could barbecue all year round, I, I would. Unfortunately, our minus 50 winters yeah, don't not, allow uh, propane to flow. So, yeah. um, but to me, it's summertime and friends and, and just a great piece of, of, of steak. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So let's talk about Alberta beef producers, kind of the, the role of the organization. Uh, you know, we see the billboards and the bumper stickers all around the province, but uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's more to it than that. So. Yeah, we are the voice for 18,000 producers in this province. We have um, three major core strategies at ABP, and that is to increase uh, producer competitiveness worldwide, to increase domestic and international demand for Alberta beef, and to ensure long-term access to land and water resources for our producers. So a lot of our work is is with the government, Mm -hmm. lobbying the government, trying to keep our uh, you know our grasslands protected and our um, and our uh, business going mm-hmm. we also obviously have a marketing program uh, called the flavor of Alberta beef which was launched in 2020 okay and it really tries to drive home that deep association between Alberta and beef mm-hmm. um, we also do um, you know we have money that goes into research uh, typically uh, you know, things like animal welfare, um, uh, grain, uh, crops and forages, things like that. We also um, have attempt to educate through our classroom programs 
and just to educate our consumers about the great product that they're that they're tasting. Right. Excellent. Uh, talk about the marketing. Uh, I, a couple of years back, sat down with Darcy uh, from uh, the Alberta Pork, and he talked about uh, Japan being kind of the biggest market for Alberta Pork. Uh, where do you see that uh, from a marketing standpoint for, for Alberta beef? Well, interestingly enough, I mean, we also have the Canada Beef logo, right. but I think that a lot of worldwide, it's seen as Alberta beef, right? Mm. The Calvary the mountains, mm. the the foothills, the, the cattle uh, walking around. And, and mm. I think that's still a picture in a lot of people's minds. And, and it's always, always um, related to great tasting beef. So... Right. Um, we do have, you know, our own brand, uh, Alberta Beef. Um, the co-op stores in Calgary mm-hmm. carry it. Um, and, um, but we do, this province does, or I'm sorry, Canada does export 50% of our product. Okay. Uh, one of our biggest, of course, um, uh, importers is the United States. Right. You know, number one, they're close. Yeah. Uh, they eat a lot of beef. They mm-hmm. they need our beef, and and it's uh you know they don't have to cross oceans and deserts to get there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we also are always attempting to infiltrate other markets. The Asian market is a huge one yeah. uh, for us. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, we had a, a Japanese exchange student here for 4-H one year, oh, okay. and man, did that oh that kid loved yeah. barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> he just couldn't get enough. Yeah. He just loved beef. And so that was kind of my eye opener as to, you know, it, it's still quite, I think, a select product there for mm-hmm. them. But um, boy, if we could break that Asian market and now that now that um, we've reached negligible risk status as far as uh, BSE, right. that was announced last month. Okay. That's huge for us. That's going to yeah. open up a lot of markets and it's going to reduce uh, the cost of processing in this country. So. Hopefully that'll open up some more doors for us. So that that still has been an issue. Mm-hmm. The, the, the BSE. It has been an issue wow. since my children were born. Well, I'm trying to. I'm in my head as you're saying that. I'm I'm trying to think back how long ago that was. That, we uh, have been trying to change that for seventeen. Seventeen years. years. Wow, that's. Uh, and when yeah, when BSC hit, it mm-hmm. was it was like the world stopped for us, yeah. and it took. I know it took my husband and I 10 years to dig out of that 10 years, uh, three jobs and just trying to keep our herd going. Mm -hmm. So, um, getting this done was, was a huge, huge, no kidding. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. I'm sure. uh, Well, I'd like to thank the producers. Yeah. I'd like to thank the producers out there because, you know, it was uh, submissions of a lot of samples that we Mm -hmm. needed to do. Uh, it was age verification that got us that, yep. and um, we had to prove to the rest of the world that our product was safe. Yep. And the other thing I'd like to say about that is when BSC hit that mm-hmm. summer yep. and for the following year, um, consumers did nothing but stand by us mm-hmm. and eat as much beef as they possibly could. And, you know, I have stories of people walking down the street with cowboy hats and, and people just saying, mm-hmm. you know, keep going, you guys you guys can do it. And, and the consumers, mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, I just would like to thank them again because they did nothing but help us out through that period. Wonderful. Uh, and you, you taught, you touched on the producers there. So what are some of the supports uh, as an organization that you guys provide for beef producers in the province? Uh, government lobbying is a big one. Yeah. You know, we meet with 
uh, not only provincial ministers, but federal MPs as well, to try and discuss some of our issues, uh, what we think. You know, for example, right now we are faced with the carbon tax. Right. Uh, it has just put our input costs through the roof. Mm-hmm. It's touched every part of our business and being rural, our, our personal lives as well. You know, I have to drive 45 miles to get groceries. So, right. um, you know, it costs, the cost of living for us has increased significantly and it's put us at a trade disadvantage with countries that don't have um, carbon taxes and whose input costs aren't as high. So that's a biggie that, you know, we're trying to, at least if we're paying it, if we could keep some of it back in Alberta right. and put some of that money back into our industry, that would be extremely helpful for us mm-hmm. uh, you know there's there's land right issues that we are also dealing with right now um, trying to somehow accommodate uh, recreational users on a cattle landscape okay can cause you know mm-hmm. some misunderstandings perhaps we are just trying to ensure that you know Albertans can enjoy their you know the beauty of our province right. but you know understand that that we're, we're running a business on it as well so mm-hmm. you know those are a couple of the things that that we are you know continually trying to make the government and and, and um the public aware of in regards to our to our business mm-hmm. um the other thing we do of course is mark like i said is marketing, marketing giving, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, can, the uh, Canada Beef does a good job of that for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the checkoff dollars that uh, producers pay goes to Canada Beef. So they are a big um, part of our marketing. But like I said, we also have that Alberta Beef brand that uh, we try to get into as many markets as we can and, and uh, increase the number of animals that we're able to raise. Right. Excellent. So, you know, I, I say it and I believe it, but what in your opinion, sets Alberta beef apart from other other beef, I guess? To me, when I eat beef in other areas, I mean, a big part of it is is the way we finish them, mm-hmm. the grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, finishing the marbling is uh, second to none, mm-hmm. I'd say. In the, I, I'll put it out there anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Um, yep. <laughs> The other thing is we've worked hard as producers uh, at the cow-calf level to improve our genetics. Okay. Um, so, you know, there are certain traits in cattle, such as marbling, um, tenderness, things like that. I mean, even so much as the animal's attitude, right? If they are quiet and, um, you know, aren't um, uh, riled up all mm. the time, then, then you're going to end up with a better product at the end. And, and so we try to choose these characteristics and, and choose better bulls and choose better females mm. so that our end product is that much better. Yeah. Yeah. About that, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, your local ranch just up at Airdrie in North of Calgary was out there with Wayne Hansen and he was talking about how quiet their cattle are. And they, they'd had a school group come out and one of the students asked, you know, why aren't they making noise? And he says, cause, cause they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know that, that, a a, a happy, relaxed cow is a quiet cow or cat. Uh, yeah. A, happy, a non-happy cow will yell at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, she'll give you that warning. Yeah, I guess so. Right? <laughs> awesome. Um, 
There is uh, in some circles, and not necessarily specifically Alberta, but the cattle industry globally, uh, some negative image of the environmental impact. Um, what, what can you say to that? Uh, speak to that, I guess, not necessarily globally, but here in Alberta, what? So large grazing species like cattle have always been a part of the environment, mm-hmm. part of the landscape. Cattle are we need them to maintain our grasslands. Mm -hmm. So we have lost a a huge, huge part of our grasslands in Alberta. And that's something that we'll never get back. Uh, If we can maintain cattle as grazing species on those grasslands, they keep them healthy. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the wildlife species stay there. I was uh, reading somewhere that in the last uh, 20 years, we've lost up to 70% of some of our um, bird species on these be- mm. because of the grassland loss. Wow. So that's, um, I mean, even a cow, you know, when she walks across the prairie and steps on some of those grasses, it stimulates those grasses mm. to grow. So the other thing, you know, that they do is they reduce the risk of fire hazard because the grasses aren't you know, belly high and, and right. dry, yeah. dry. So, mm. um, you know, that's the other thing. Cattle also, when we maintain these grasslands, we maintain the carbon in them. When right. when these grasslands are torn up, we lose 50% of that carbon and we don't get it back. So cattle are often considered carbon neutral mm-hmm. animals. That They don't increase it. They don't decrease it. They keep those levels the same. So they are absolutely part of a, of a healthy environment. And, and, you know, before cattle, there were bison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we still have things like elk and, and deer. And, I mean, deer aren't as large, but moose yeah. and everything else out there. And and they tend to follow the cattle. They like, they don't want to go into those areas where those grasses have been sitting for 10 years untouched. You know, right. they want that lush green stuff that's coming up every spring. And and so that's where I believe that they're, they're, they're part, they're, they're a needed part of the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read something recently that, that you know, if done right, uh cattle farming can actually be carbon positive yes uh, not yeah. not just neutral but actually uh can help uh you know regenerate some of the carbon loss uh, from other areas so yeah they are uh, they're really good at what they do mm-hmm. yep <laughs> like you know we we kind of look at them out there and don't think they're doing anything but they are very good at what they do and they're very good at maintaining their landscape and the other thing is that you know producers some of us, like I said, this is our fifth generation out on this land, and mm-hmm. we want to maintain this land. We want to keep it as healthy as we can. If we don't, we go out of business. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing my, my husband is continually thinking of new ways to graze, new mm-hmm. things to plant, new ways to make it better, you know, better watering systems. Like, right now he's on this kick that these that all our cows on pasture he doesn't want you want them drinking from the dugouts like they have to have cool clear fresh water that he's pumping every day because that's the best for them that's and you know if if they run out oh my goodness like they've been out for five minutes and and so just things like that and i just Mm -hmm. wish people would um realize that that at the end of the day is is what we're trying to do Mm. yeah i think the uh some of that negative image uh it's not the 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 fifth generation farms like yours it's the in other parts of the world maybe where forest is being destroyed uh for these large you know strictly you know large scale operations i think that's where that comes from and people 
people here don't necessarily see that there's a difference between what's happening there and what we're doing here in Alberta, right? And Canada. Well, and there's, and there's definitely land in this province that you cannot cultivate. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's land that is, can only be used by grazing species. Right. So that's another, you know, important part of it is that we can't tear up all the land and, and nor mm-hmm. should we. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for, thank you for addressing that. And you kind of touched on some of the, something there and it, and maybe it's not new, but it's something I've heard more of, of kind of the rise of regenerative, regenerative farming, um, seems to be uh, becoming more popular. Of, I, Sorry, regenerative farming. Uh, I, I think uh, Mitchell Bros uh, Beef, I don't know if you're familiar with them down in Pincher Creek, uh, grass-fed and the you know planned grazing to help the land regenerate right. itself. And Yeah, so, sorry. So I wasn't thinking okay. regenerative or regeneration with children. Oh, sorry, sorry, no. Um, yeah, so my that's another thing. So my husband does. Uh, I'm still a veterinarian. I, mm-hmm. I don't work uh, in the field, but right. I do work for a pharmaceutical company. So my husband is the one who does a lot of that kind okay. of stuff. Yep. He goes to you know every year he tries to make a grazing conference, okay. and so every year he comes home with new ideas. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, we need to do some strip grazing. We need to uh, do some mob grazing this year. Like this is better for the, you know, it'll come back better and we'll have more leftover mm-hmm. next year. And this will retain the water here. And, and, uh, I always bug him because he uh, sets up these watering systems with solar panels, but it's like solar panels and a bunch of twine and an old, uh, trailer it's <laughs> on. And there's probably some putty in there somewhere. Duct tape, guy, duct tape. Don't forget the duct tape. <laughs> the that is such a Ukrainian setup. Yeah. But, um, I can say that, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so he's always coming up with new ideas like that. We have, we have considered, um, you know, the, the farm to plate, um, and, and going that direction. Mm. We, we don't, um, keep our cattle though. We sell them into the fall market okay. mainly just because that's worked for us as a business. Mm. Uh, we also deal a lot of horses. So we, kind of have to look at when our payments are due and what works for us and mm-hmm. how much feed we can grow and that kind of stuff. So we, um, we haven't gone that far, but um, as far as trying to improve the land and, and the water, um, that's mm-hmm. definitely, that's something that he works on every day. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Mitchell bros, the folks I was talking about, they've gone as far as bringing in uh, land consultants and, uh, working with uh, different organizations to make sure they're doing as much as possible to, you know, be stewards of the land, not just the animals. Right. And, and we have done that as well. Yeah. We were part of the McDonald's pilot project okay. on sustainability. And we also actually had a girl out here, a girl, I call her, she's, you know, 30. So that's a girl to me, but yeah. um, she came out with the nature conservancy conservatory of Canada okay. and just a complete, look at all of our land um mm-hmm. the, the plant species out there the you know the erosion the wildlife species all that kind of stuff spent a whole week and gave us a fantastic report on that yeah. you know where we can make improvements where we were doing well things like that unfortunately her time was cut short because we had a cougar close to the yard yep. and she, <laughs> she didn't feel safe and i don't blame her no didn't yep. feel safe but um, we got a fantastic report back from her, and, and it's things like that. And the McDonald's program was the same way. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't come out and say, 
you need to, you know, you're doing this wrong. It was, it was a learning experience for us and in ways that we could improve what we were doing. Okay. That's awesome. McDonald's has been a huge, huge supporter of, of cattle and uh, doing things right. Yeah. They really seem to over the last few years have kind of uh, gotten on the bandwagon for sure with that, right? Yeah. Were you guys part of the, one of the commercials? No. No, okay. The name looked familiar, and I'm trying to... Anyways, that's... Probably, yeah, my husband's been an auctioneer, and he's been in the cattle business okay. forever, yeah. so that's maybe where you know him. I've seen it know. somewhere. Well, who knows? Yeah. I, I don't... He's much better known than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk on the barbecue side of things and the meat. Um, question I'm wondering, is there a sleeper cut out there that you, you know, isn't a big popular... Uh, cut of beef at the at the butcher shop or the grocery store that you know that maybe you as a as a a pharma producer uh go to well my no i'm pretty my go-to is either a nice strip loin or a t-bone i just those are my favorites i do notice though that uh that brisket's becoming a lot more popular you couldn't give a brisket away a few years ago yeah well that's the that's the like the southern the slow smoked barbecue influence right that's uh yeah yeah, I'm so wearing, my, wearing my Franklin a, barbecue T-shirt. He's uh, yeah. out of Austin, <laughs> Texas. He's a big part of that uh, that trend. So. Yeah, so we've had that at a few family gatherings lately that mm-hmm. I've never had before. So I'm not super crazy about it, but yeah. uh, there's a lot of people. I think it depends a lot on how it's done. Absolutely. It's done right. Yeah. So uh, we just gave one actually to my, my daughter's boyfriend here. It's his birthday, so he's going to smoke one yeah. this weekend. So. Yeah. But I think that's that's one that's really coming back. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. coming here, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, certainly. Uh, I heard somebody recently talking about hanger steak, and I I didn't know where that came from on the cow until, uh, or the beef till recently, and I, they were talking that that's like what they call the butcher's cut, where that's the uh, the cut nobody wants, but the butcher takes it because it's so good, so. It'd be like, a, I wonder if that's like a skirt steak. I've never uh, heard of It's the neck. That. I guess it's the neck. Oh, so it's oh, just yeah. yeah. So no, uh, yeah. Hmm. It was I, I had the to, other thing I really enjoyed that I had up in the Kananaskis was a tomahawk steak. Right, the big uh, the big oh, ribeye. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah but the, when you get the big uh, the 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 bone on there, it's a it's a showpiece, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, try, I, try, actually, yeah. Go ahead. I split it with a coworker from Quebec. Yeah, um, we had uh, we had a kind of a conference up there, and she just couldn't she mm. couldn't get over. Yeah. Yeah. It's visually, uh, visually appealing. Right. And tri-tip is another one that seems to be, uh, gaining a lot of popularity. I find. Hmm. No, I nope. haven't. I, I guess it hasn't touched us up nope. here. In the north Maybe, yet. uh, yeah. Take a little <laughs> longer there. <laughs> yeah. I think well, tri-tip, uh, traditionally has been a very much a California thing. So I think that's kind of uh, the influence is spreading and uh, it's gaining. I'm, we've I've been cooking it for a couple of years now and uh, really enjoying it. So hmm. yeah, no, I'll have to try those. There you go. Uh, with Alberta beef producers, anything else you'd like to mention or promote or? Uh, just that. Um... You know, we have our, if there's any beef producers out there listening, we, um, every time uh, an animal is sold in Alberta, you pay a check off. Okay. 
fee. And so $2 of that goes provincially to ABP and $2.50 is a national levy, which goes to, I mentioned Canada Beef. It okay. also goes to Beef Cattle Research Council, which is our national research agency, okay. and to public and stakeholder engagement. Um, the $2 part is refundable. Producers can ask for that money back. And we just ask that producers realize the work that Alberta beef producers mm-hmm. is trying to do on their part. And of course it, it uh, requires checkoff dollars to keep going. Right. And I hope that, you know, programs like this, they realize what we're doing with our mm-hmm. marketing, the flavor of Alberta, you know, the Alberta beef brand that we've gotten out there that it's, it's it, as well as the lobbying that we do with the government, you know, we're doing our best to try and, and make us a competitive um, um, commodity Right now, beef, you might notice in the stores. It's getting expensive. It's, yeah. yeah. And that money really isn't trickling down to the producers. Right. It, that's so, often the case, isn't it? Yeah. We're still looking at, you know, this is a business where you need off-farm income. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've always had it here. My son just got married. His wife's at work. Yeah. And it's just not something that's very easily done without an, another income yeah. and, and I just um, you know a lot of people do it for the love of it and you know we've talked several times about dispersing our herd because of drought or because of frustration sometimes and you just can't do it yeah. <laughs> because of, you know they become a part of you and and I'd like people to realize that and, yeah. and for producers to remember that you know those of us at Alberta Beef, it is a producer-led organization. All of us have cattle. All of mm. us are in the same business, and all of us are working hard to try and to try and maintain our our, our businesses. That's great, uh, and I think it's an important. Uh, the industry needs a, a centralized organization. I think uh, pushing and promoting it, right? Otherwise, everyone's just trying to do their own thing, and uh, nobody gets ahead, right? Yeah, we need to come as one voice for a lot of things. We need to come as 18,000 producers for some things to be, you know, for people to realize what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. And and I think that, um, you know, Alberta View has been around since 1969. It's mm-hmm. been here a long time. And yep. and I hope that we can continue to do this for producers. Yeah. So the, organi- the, the board, uh, like yourself, is it? entirely made up of producers or are there other entirely yeah so there's five zones in the province Mm -hmm. each zone uh elects delegates right from that delegate body uh the board is elected and then from the board uh the executive so that's myself uh the vice chair and the finance chair right on the other side but we do have staff that works for us but they work under the direction of the board right so the the people running the organization are all producers Yes, they all, um, the definition of a cattle producer is somebody that's paid check off. Okay. Great. Well, thanks for clearing that up. It's, I think it's important for folks to know that uh, the organization is run by people that obviously have that best, uh, best interest at heart, right? Yeah, I think sometimes people just think we're paid lobbyists, mm-hmm. but A, we're not paid. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we do do a little lobbying, yeah. but... Um, yeah, it's 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 a big time commitment. Once you reach mm-hmm. the executive, there is an unbelievable number of issues that we face in this in this industry, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's pretty much all donated time. Well, thank you for doing what you do. 
Thanks. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Except for the eight hour meetings like today, you said. Yeah. yeah. I got a little bit of a headache. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't keep you much longer here. Uh, where can folks, uh, what's the best place uh, for people to find information and keep up to date on what's going on with I'm Alberta so Beef? I'm so glad you asked that because <laughs> we just launched a new communications campaign. And oh, it's wonderful. Awesome. So we have albertaabpdaily.com is our. Um, our platform on the internet you can go there for all kinds of information for upcoming events cattle prices even what the dollar is bringing today so Mm -hmm. we have also launched an app abp daily you can look you can find it at the on the app store um it is your app to checking in every day and seeing what's going on in the province as well like i said Cattle producers love to look at cattle markets mm-hmm. every day, so that's there every day. Yep. And also have a new magazine out, um, which is called ABP, and it right now is distributed to every producer in the province. Um, we also leave some copies at the auction markets for people to pick up, okay. and people are telling us that they are going like hotcakes. It's a fantastic uh, initiative that our new general manager, Brad Dubos, put together, and it's it's new it's young it's 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 just extremely different from anything we've done in the past and that was one of our big things is we need to get our message out we need producers to understand what we're doing and we need people to get excited about the beef industry and what we're doing and i think that this is a magazine that um people in the city would be interested in reading about us great so I'm really glad you asked. Absolutely. And then uh, social media. <laughs> social media. Uh, I know you got Instagram and all yeah. the rest of it. Yep. Yeah, all that kind of uh, stuff. I'll put, yeah. I'll put the links in the, the notes for the show here. And, uh, that would be great. Yeah. So the last, uh, the last question I ask everybody, Melanie, it's uh, it's dinner time. You maybe got the grill going. What's uh, what's the go-to for you? Strip lines or ten or uh, T-bones, whatever's on top of the freezer, yeah. and um, nothing on it but some steak, Montreal steak spice. If somebody do ne- never ask a guy with a cowboy hat if he needs HP steak sauce no, for his no, steak. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my go-to. My yeah. daughter and I it blue rare, a little bit of blue on the inside. My husband and son like it a bit more well done as yep. well as my dog. Yep. But that is my favorite. No barbecue sauce. No, nice and simple. Let the meat, yep. uh, let the meat speak for itself, right? That's right. Wonderful. Melanie, thank you so much for doing this. I really, uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, Hope we can uh, help get the word out about what uh, all the great work that Alberta beef producers are doing and uh, uh, keep promoting the, this fantastic product we have here in the province. So, Yes, and if you're ever up in our part of the country, please. I will, make absolutely. A, make a, make it a, a definite stop at our place. For sure, will do. Appreciate it, Melanie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again to Melanie for joining me and also to Caitlin at Alberta Beef, Alberta Beef Producers for putting us in contact. It was great to hear about everything that Alberta Beef is doing to promote our beef worldwide and to advocate for the producers. Check the show notes for all the links to learn more about Alberta Beef. Ryan's Soapbox this month is brought to you by ATB Financial. At ATB, we make banking work for you. With expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit ATB.com.
Well, this week we said goodbye to spring and hello to summer. And it is exciting and also a bit scary to see things returning to some sort of normal. Here in Alberta, we are just about a week away from the listing of lifting of virtually all of the COVID restrictions. Like most of you, I'm pretty much sick of COVID and everything that has come with it. But I can't help but feel that things are being rushed a little. I guess only time will tell and hopefully everything will work out. I am going for my second dose uh, in the morning here and I'm excited to have that done and behind me. We have all made sacrifices big and small over the last 15 months and I've taken most of them in stride knowing that it was for the greater good. On Wednesday this week, my oldest child, Jillian, graduates from grade 12. The last couple of years, and especially this year, have been a struggle for Jillian, and she has fought hard to get to this point. And it breaks my heart that we won't be able to be there to see her walk the stage tomorrow. I know that others have sacrificed and missed out on so much more, but this one has really hit me hard today. Another bit of frustration today was hearing the news that Ryan's Meats here in Calgary was broken into and sustained some major damages. From what they've said, the amount of meat actually stolen was only around $1,000 worth of meat, but they are estimating the damages to be around $30,000 after a truck was driven through the front of the shop. Noel from Ryan's Meats was on the podcast just a couple weeks ago, and they have always been big supporters of the barbecue community here in Calgary. So I'll be trying to rally our local barbecuers to show Noel and his team some support once they reopen in a couple of days. Things aren't all gloomy, though. Summer is here, and we've got some great-looking weather coming our way the next while. So there will be lots of chances to do some outdoor cooking and grilling. Get out there, enjoy yourselves. Tag me in your post, let me know what you're cooking. Enjoy the great weather. The Eat More Barbecue Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Our network shout-out this week goes to the Turf District Podcast, covering the CFL with a focus on the recently named Edmonton Elks. With the planned start of an abbreviated CFL season just over a month away, there will be lots to talk about. Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to the Turf District Podcast and all the other great shows on the network. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week. Hey friends, thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of joints on the Barbecue Trail site and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joints some love. Give me a follow on Twitter at eatmorebarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of Eat More Barbecue Digital Media. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking. <laughs>